Hello there, internet, and welcome back to the There Goes a Big One podcast. I'm your host, Matt Hines, and with me, as always, is my co-host, Guy Wakeham. Hello. Just just, just hello? No yeah, I was trying to pull out a white hair. A white hair? Yeah. I'm 30 now, so I'm getting them. Oh, yeah, you're an old man. Hopefully it's just on the top of your head. Not in other places. Yeah, well, jokes on you. You're an older man, so I am, but I haven't got any white hairs, so <laughs> yeah, shit. The perks of dying it. No, I don't dye my hair. <laughs> <laughs> you used to though. I used to, yeah, but that would make it worse, surely, if I'm like ruining my hair by dyeing it multiple colours. Yeah. Speaking of weird hair, because there's some weird hair in what we're talking about. Well, one of them is a furball. Yeah. Uh, yeah, that's that, yeah, further. <laughs> um, so we might as well get into it. We are today, we're going to talk about, or we're going to start a series on here um, where we are going to talk about game franchises and we're going to each week, uh, not every week in a row, but uh, each week we're going to talk about a different game from a franchise. And we figured the the fact that our, our podcast is named after a, a quote from this game that we were going to do the, the Jack and Daxter franchise and start with Jack and Daxter, the precursor legacy. Yeah. I always forget it has that, um, like subtitle or, you know, whatever you call it, subheading title thing. Um, oh, yeah. but so we'll be doing that game this week and then next week will be a different topic. And then I think yeah. the week after that, we're going to be doing Jack two. And then it's basically every other week. Yeah, we're going to alternate. We're going to do every other week. It's going to be a video game or video game franchise. Like we're starting with the Jack franchise. Uh, yeah. And then the the week after will be a game, not game, sorry, a film or a TV series franchise. Um, mm-hmm. uh, as we did, as we've done, we decided as we did Elden Ring first and then we did Obi-Wan. We thought we might as well continue that um, going forward. So, um, so yes, we're going to do that. Yeah, so it's primarily game focused, but breaking it up with like a movie or TV show to keep it interesting. Yeah, exactly. And we're going to ignore the two weeks we missed because we, yeah, we missed them. So, <laughs> yeah, but this should have to make up for it. Yeah, so uh, might as well just get started. Um, Jack and Daxter. The yeah. uh, for anyone who doesn't know, uh, it's a PS2 uh, game uh, made by Naughty Dog, the the developers who are probably more known now well three games really are known for the, the original crash bandicoot franchise mm. um obviously they had the jack and daxter but then the two major big ones now are the last of us and uncharted yeah which no and doubt this was the first ps2 game i ever played is it i remember yeah. coming over i've never owned i never owned it on the ps2 did you not no i used to just borrow it from you oh yeah i suppose <laughs> that makes sense i can remember Cause... the first thing the first thing I remember about this game is just uh, desperately having to learn how to use the analog stick. Because as a as a young tyke back then, playing on my PS1 games, playing things like Spyro and Crash 2, I would be like, I'm not using this weird wiggly stick. I'm going to use these buttons to control my character. And then Jack and Daxter was the first game I ever played where it's like, no, you, you have to use the analog controls. You can't move otherwise. And I was like, oh, God, this is going <laughs> to takes some getting used to i think the first time i ever played oh, the first time when i was playing games before i used the analog stick i used to just let my hamster chew it while i was playing <laughs> playing playstation one games i was just using the uh, buttons and the hamster used to sit there and just chew the analog stick <laughs> oh no but then you'd get to this game and then you'd be like what have you done hamster <laughs> uh he'd be like i'll help hamster's like uh-oh <laughs> <laughs> well you let me do it man i'm just saying yeah um, um let's kick start off with uh with the gameplay because uh i think this game i do you know what? i think this game really holds up today actually as a good platformer uh, i would agree with you yeah i've um i haven't recently but the past couple of years i would say i've played um i replayed it on the ps4 to get the the platinum trophy and mm. yeah thoroughly, thoroughly enjoyed it yeah i i played it a lot as a kid and i haven't played it like recently like within the past like good few years but i you know i remember enough about it and i feel if i did go back and played it i would uh i'd enjoy it it's just really solid 
yeah it, it was very well designed and it makes you feel like if uh naughty dog continued crash bandicoot this would be the kind of way they would have taken the platforming exactly um, yeah i and, completely agree with that but i'm glad they did it with a new with a new character um because jack and daxter themselves are actually i find them they're quite funny i mean uh, jack doesn't talk uh, i don't think in the first one at least um and uh, daxter does all the talking but i find him incredibly funny yeah and they've yeah they've really gone for a nice um it's just a kind of feel good it's a kid's game isn't it really at the end of the day but it, it's uh it's got like a fun enjoyable fun enjoyable experience i think that's not overly difficult yeah but what i think really sets this game apart and it's kind of like quite ahead of its time if you think about it like in theory you could go from like the starting location i forget what it's called but wherever you start off it's called like sand something sandover village or something like that there you go um you could go from that location all the way to like the final area of the game without any loading screens yeah they're very good at hiding the loading screens in this game again a bit like um uh, Elden Ring with the uh, what's it called with the um, elevators and stuff and, and doors that's where the loading screen comes from in in this game but they're very well hidden there's um, there's actually not a lot in this game there's a couple of elevators but compared to like Jack 2 and 3 there aren't really that many like door opening animations or really big lifts um, a lot of like traversal in just the overworld stuff is just you know you walking from one place to another and it's really kind of it's kind of crazy how open this game is like for its time as well it also feels like it um kind of uh helped games of that nature because i remember the spyro heroes tale game felt the world felt very much like jack and daxter in that way um where it was very kind of open for quite a lot of it they were like mm-hmm. the hub worlds didn't just send you to a level and you had a loading screen you kind of walked from the hub world straight into a level yeah 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 because that because that's effectively what they've done here there are a few i think there's a couple of areas where they they have elevators or they, they the cutscenes also would help to load parts of the game in obviously you don't see them um uh for the when they initially load in but they yeah no there's there's always like a main I think there's like three or four main hub areas. There's the Sandover yeah. village, uh, the weird like water village, <laughs> the rainy like, village. village. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then there's like the volcano, isn't there? Yeah, um, kind of. Which has it's not really a village. It's got one. It's one got a, it's got a building <laughs> on an island surrounded by lava, and I think for a lava village, that's probably as close as you're gonna get. <laughs> Yeah, so they, but each one of those areas has three or four areas that go, that break branch off of it. And mm-hmm. you're right, there's very little loading screens. And I yeah. imagine definitely um, on m- newer hardware and sort of, I imagine PS4 and PS5 hardware, you're probably going to get almost no loading in the game. Like I imagine there'll be, because I do remember there being a little bit of, of stop start oh there is oh yeah for sure there definitely is at some points but um which obviously is it loading the game in but that's kind of of its nature i mean a game that old you'd kind of expect something like that and of of what it was achieving but i i feel like on the ps4 when i played it there that was practically non-existent because obviously the game could load it much quicker or the console could load it much quicker yeah and i think what helps to that degree of like freedom that you can feel from this game is you're not restricted on like specific areas like you you technically are because you're in the first kind of area and you've only got like uh two or three different places you can go but you can kind of do them in like any order like you can go off and do like the whole beach area first if you want or you can go straight into the jungle the game doesn't say you have to do this area then this area you're just kind of free to do whichever one you want yeah the only times i think it does that i mean like i said it it the how the game is is uh, set out is there's three or four i think it's three hub worlds that branch off into these into the the little levels um which are nice condensed and compact we'll talk about it in a bit but um how they they do it is to get to the hub town 
you need a certain amount of something of the the mm-hmm. power cells. Um, mm-hmm. And once you've got enough power cells, which are sort of if you play Banjo Kazooie, they're like the the jiggies. Is that that fair mm-hmm. to say? I mean, I've actually not yeah. played Banjo Kazooie. So. Yeah, this game. I think this game is quite inspired by like Banjo Kazooie's like collectathon kind of nature because there's a lot of shit to. It's basically like a giant Easter egg hug, 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 a giant Easter egg hug, hunt. Yep, you hug. Yep. You just you have just to run, hug everybody. You hug all of the Easter eggs as you collect them. There's a shit ton of like stuff to get in this game, though. And that, they're all like yeah. kind of hidden around. and. Yeah, but then again, I, I feel, especially in this one more so than the other ones, it's not super difficult. I mean, obviously, it, at it, its core, it is a kid's game um it's not super super difficult i mean you might there's a couple of areas you probably are looking for maybe one or two precursor orbs um but for the main part a lot of it the levels are fairly linear in that they like the the condensed smaller areas are fairly linear um in that they kind of circle around each other so you're you are with a little bit of exploring you're bound to find everything i think you can tell that this is like the first game of a like franchise because it's quite simple in nature, and that's that's fine. I actually quite like that about it. But when you then go on to things like Jack 2 and Jack 3, they start adding different like elements and mechanics to the game that allows for that difficulty increase. So I can see why this could be considered quite easier just because of how simpler it is. I also feel, obviously, because we're talking about it in the same, that this game is very, very different to the other two. Um, it still yeah. keeps its platforming roots. Obviously, we'll talk about that more in the other ones, but it, they, it doesn't keep its platforming roots, but it's a more story, I'd say a more story-driven um, combat-esque kind of game more than this one, which is, yeah, is the other just games a collector fun. Yeah, Jack 2 and 3. Um, Jack, Jack and Daxter is just a, a platformer through and through. I mean, in terms of gameplay, um, you, Jack does everything or the character, you know, Jack, because Daxter kind of always sits on Jack's shoulder. So you mainly play as, as Jack. Um, you just kind of throw Daxter around. Um, yeah. But they've got their classic uh, platformer routes. They double jump. They've got a, a spin. Um, they've kind of got a slide attack, sort of. Well, like well a... I was, yeah, I was going to say, like, in terms of what Jack can actually do, you've, you've only got, like, four so four or five different like actual things you can do and then you can kind of like combine different things so like you can do like square for like the, the throwing punch and then like push x like right after it to do a move but like in terms of what kind of core stuff you could do as jack it's quite simple and i think that's what again makes the uh the difficulty a bit lower in this game because there's only so much you can do yeah, of course. Uh, yeah, that, that it's true. But it, it's very staple. Like you can pick up Jack. I well, me personally, I find you could you could never have played Jack and Daxter, but you could have played another platformer uh, or a three D platformer, and you'll you'll sort of pick it up pretty quick. He's got yeah. the same sort of mechanics as as characters um, do. Like it, it'd be no different. I feel really it uh, it's no different from picking up sort of Mario as as a thing also instead of obviously the, there's a different moves and spinning and he kicks and stuff but the core kind of idea is is the same um sort of you could pick it up and and know what you're doing i'm glad you brought up mario because i actually think this game is very inspired by mario 64 having these areas where you can go around wherever you want and you're kind of like free to explore like these different zones to like collect stuff but also the way you use your character's move set to like two traverse like for example in something like mario 64 you have all of these like different things mario can do if you know how to do them and i think jack and daxter like the first game um controlling jack maybe to a lesser degree but there are similar aspects there where there's a couple of like hidden techniques and stuff you can do to help you get around and i really like that i think it's nice to give that player that ability to to learn that kind of stuff and then figure out where to use them and how to use them. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, the example of the of what Guy's saying here is uh, you can roll into a jump, which kind of gets you further. But then at the end of that jump, you can sort of do your spin attack. And that kind of gives you a little bit more airtime to kind of get to where you need to to go. It, it, it kind of, but it doesn't really teach you. 
no. it doesn't tell you this is how to do it. You kind of pick up being like, oh, I can. You just kind of find it while while playing. Be like, how do I get over there? And then obviously, all of a sudden, you you kind of organically learn something like this, and you're like, oh, that that's how I can get over there. Yeah, and and the weird thing as well is that sometimes you'll do it in areas where you don't. It's almost not intended to do that, but because you have some of these advanced techniques, you're like, oh, I can kind of cheat the system and hug all these Easter eggs before I'm supposed to. <laughs> yeah, yeah, abs- absolutely. It's um, yeah, it, it just it there's not too much to say about gameplay. Um, like I said, opposed... it's very simple, but it works. Yeah, and and you don't, and the game's not super long that you'll get bored of it like mm. it it's long the game's long enough that you it keeps feeding you uh harder challenges you're learning this it gives you this kit to use and then as you go through it organically kind of ramps up the difficulty in a in a natural way where i don't think there's any real difficulty spikes um that i remember that you kind of at, when you get to the last sort of big level, it's it's really testing everything you've you've learned and the practice these other levels have given you. Yeah. <clears throat> what do you think about the um the different eco like power ups? Because there's like I think there's like four different main colors you get, and each one is basically like a energy kind of source, but they're just kind of lying around. So for example, there will be like a blue one, and you pick it up and you get like a burst of speed. Um, but it's only for like a short time. So like they, they're interesting, but I can't help but they're just kind of a bit like, here's the thing to do this, collect that thing and then just do it. It seems a bit kind of like unnecessary in a way sometimes. Yeah, it's almost, yeah, it, it, in that way, yeah, they, they kind of do just spout these around randomly, don't they? They're like, oh, what could we use here? Well, it kind of needs this to get through that, so it's just kind of plopped. Oh, there it is, right there yeah. for you to, to yeah, pick yeah. up. Like it's not something you hold on to. I could tell you exactly what they are. We've got green eco, which is um, a health. normal thing. Yeah, that's sort of your, yeah. your health meter. Um, mm-hmm. You've got the the blue eco, which um, lets you run faster, like you said, but also gives off sort of electro an electric charge, which allows nearby precursor orbs and stuff to gravitate towards you um and also allows you to break boxes um so it kind of it helps you in certain areas where there's boxes that you can't necessarily reach that this eco could help you do that um Mm -hmm. it also activates switches doesn't it like you can get like yeah certain things yeah um then you've got the red eco which literally just increases your attack power and i Mm. don't think it's in the game that much no i don't think it is I think there's one. I think the main areas for that are, I believe, there's a boss fight that has it, um, and there's sort of like a an area in one of the a Misty Isle. Is that what it's called? Yeah. Um, which has like a an ar- arena fight with a load of enemies, and and it uses quite a lot of it in there. Um, yeah. And then I think and Yellow Eco, sorry, which allows you to shoot sort of fireballs um, or energy sort of at stuff so that's kind of your projectile um eco and that's really it yeah um i i think what would have been nice if is like if after every like main zone you kind of unlock that eco power to like use like maybe it had like a like a uh a resource you used up or whatever like a special bar or something um and then you had to like collect more of it to use it again because there's not really any kind of progression to your character of the skills you can do. You start off with like a set of skills and you pretty much have the exact same set of skills at the end of the game. Yeah. Yeah. And, and like some of the eco, it doesn't really change much for you. Like so you get a little bit quicker. It heals yeah. you. Um, and sort of, you can shoot a ranged thing, but like, so that doesn't give you that for long enough to be able to run off and do stuff. Um, in fact, I think there is an area in the volcano where there's a box that you have to use the eco for, and you have just enough time if you do it perfectly mm. to to use it to break that box. Otherwise, you're, you're running back and trying again. Um, yeah, that they're, they're sort of gimmicky. Um, I mean, the green one makes sense because they needed some way it's of healing you. Yeah. Um, and the other ones are okay. I mean, they're but they're nothing you haven't seen in something else. Um, they're, they're sort of like I said, they they. The game also it definitely pays homage to a lot of other platformers, um, and it's almost like they made the game. Then, oh, actually, we need to 
everyone's got power-ups. We need to give them power-ups. Um, and then he sort of just like dotted them around in, in areas. Um, yeah, but it's a bit weird that like they, uh, they had that kind of system that I just mentioned in like Crash Bandicoot 3 where you would beat a boss and you'd get like a new power-up, which was permanent. But in this game, you don't really get anything for a long stay. You just kind of don't progress your character at all. You just keep with the same moveset. Yeah, bosses kind of just allow you to progress, don't they? They don't give you anything special. Yeah. Um, but then again, I think it's deliberate because, as as we've said, the game's not very long. I mean, if you know where you're going, I think last time I played it, I completed the main story in about five hours. Um, it, it's not a big game by any stretch so that's what i mean like even though it would be nice if these things were like were progression stuff they gave you a thing the the game i don't think struggles with not having it that because i don't feel the game's long enough really to warrant it yeah to be like oh i wish i i had this forever um and i mean they give you to them in the right places it just yeah in terms of a story element it just seems odd that he you just, they're just there in random places for you to just vents everywhere all over this world. Yeah, I think I agree with that. Um, and I mean, like, again, I don't want to jump the gun too much. We'll keep talking about the sequels. But, like, Jack 2 and 3 do that a lot better. Like, they, they have you, like, progress a lot more throughout the game. So, uh... Well, I think they kind of, apart from green ego, they kind of dump the rest of the ego. Well, apart from uh, yeah. some of the story egos. Um I mean, like I said, there are two other ecos in the game. There's a dark eco and uh, a light eco. Um, but again, the light eco is pretty much just for end, the, end, like the final it? boss. Yeah, I'm pretty sure it's just the final boss you get to use this um, eco. And it's just kind of like super, was it like the star, Mario getting a star really, or, yeah. or Sonic becoming super Sonic. Um, it's kind of a gimmicky thing for the final boss fight. Um and then the dark eco is more of just a, a story thing, isn't it? It's it, it's bad. It's basically you can't go in the water. The dark they... eco is just lava. If you fall in it, you just die. Yeah, that's, that's pretty, pretty much, much it. And there's a bit at the very beginning, story-wise, where Daxter isn't actually an Otzel to begin with. He is a, an actual person, um, and he falls in dark eco, and it spits him back out as an Otzel. And that's your whole the, the main plot, I think, is that you're trying to turn. Daxter back. Yeah. Oh, mate. Daxter as a human is like not horrible. Great. <laughs> it's no. not great. Like, yeah, he oh is my hideous. god. I don't know why he wants to turn back because, like, I think he's doing it way better as uh, whatever he is. Do you think they've done that deliberately? No, I think it's that they like they're because because everyone looks a bit fucking weird in this game, don't they? Like, Jack uh, looks true. all right, but. Jack looks all right, but I think that's just because you kind of get used to seeing him because he's the main character. You also never see his face that much because you're always looking at the back of his head. <laughs> I suppose so, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'm used to seeing his hair. Um, but since you started going on about it, let's talk about the story a bit. So you pretty much covered it. Yeah, so the story is not <laughs> its not a big story. The story is Daxter falls. They go to a place they're not meant to go. Yeah. Um, exploring Daxter falls in a dark eco, turns into an Otzel, and then the green sage, um, the green eco sage, because e- each eco is meant to have a sage, isn't it? Something like yeah. that. Yeah, yeah, um, I kind of like that. And the green sage basically says that all the teleporters conveniently aren't working because I can't get hold of any of the other sages. So yeah. you're going to have to walk. You're going to have to walk. Yeah. <laughs> well, what about the eagles? No, there's no eagles in this game. There's an annoying bird that steals a power cell, but there's no eagles. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I um, like all the different sages while we're quickly talking to them because they they all have like different. They kind of their personalities kind of fit with the eco they correspond to. Like the green sage, he's all like naturey and all like yeah, man. Like well, he's not quite like that, but but, he's, uh... the, but that's what I mean. He's like that, but then they also juxtapose it. Like he's like all about nature. He's got a very short temper. Yeah, he's an <laughs> asshole. Yeah, yeah. But like the blue one, I think he's all like techie and whatnot. And I like I like all the different we don't really see them that much though, unfortunately. It's kind of really at the end you see most of them. And I don't even think you go to one of their areas for one person, because there's four of them, isn't there? You don't actually you only go to three areas. Uh yeah, I the... guess not actually. 
Yeah, you go, go to the green. You start with a green one. You then you go, go to, to the, the blue. blue one. Then the uh, red. Red. And that's it. You don't. And then you go straight to the. Dark yeah, you don't go yeah. to the yellow one. And the yellow what? one's like this weird, like mole man. Where do you think uh, he'd live? I think he's a mole man. <laughs> so he'd just be in like a tunnel. Yeah, I think so. Well, he looks like I'm pretty sure he he did look like he was like a tinkerer, sort of lives underground. Yeah, I'll have to look this up because I'm kind of interested now. But yeah, the story is like it's you know it's a platformer. It's as complicated as it needs to be, and that's not very much because all you want to do is kind of just run around, explore, and collect stuff. So yeah, it you gives you a reason. Need... Yeah, it definitely gives you a reason. And you come across little characters who have like their own little like oh this. I need my my muse or whatever, or I I lost all my chickens or some shit. It's not uh, stuff that's like used to the story, but you're like, eh, okay, I'll help you, I guess. But I also think I also think those characters are really endearing, though. I, oh I yeah, really, for sure. I really yeah. like them. Like, there's a yeah, crazy yeah. there's a crazy bird lady that wants to. He's like bird watching a a an chicken egg. or like a weird yeah chicken egg thing, giant chicken egg, yeah. and. But she doesn't want to be seen, so she's dressed herself up as an egg. Wait, what? I don't remember this. Yeah, she's like dressed up like an egg. Is she? I'm pretty I sure. Thought she had like, I thought she had like a bird hat on. Oh, maybe. Yeah, but I think the bottom half of her is like a cracked egg, as if like oh. she's a bird coming out of an egg. Oh, maybe. Yeah. Um, and then they've got uh, a couple of miners who are pretty funny. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. And there's, what is it? There's a guy who owns a load of weird like buffalo type creatures. Yeah. Um, it kind of reminds me of you. But I think, like you said, thanks. But I think, <laughs> like you said, um, what kind of keeps you going is Daxter because Jack doesn't speak. So all of your kind of like quote unquote conversations come from Daxter talking to these people. And some of these people are flipping weird, and Daxter is just not bothered by their shit. Yeah, he's a bit of an asshole, actually. But <laughs> yeah, but he's like funny. one of those self kind of indulgent assholes where like. It would be so much worse if he was like a big strong man. Do you know what I mean? Because yeah. if he was that type of character, he'd be like, oh, I'm the best. Look how amazing I am. It's coming from a tiny little like Orange Weasley character. And I think that kind of juxtaposition works because when he starts trying to get snarky with some characters, they're like, what the fuck is this thing? <laughs> Shut up. Yeah, he's, he's it's more of a front, isn't it? Like, he acts like that. But as soon as yeah. any kind of shit hits the fans, he's hiding behind Jack. And he's like, Jack, yeah. you do it. You saw it. Yeah. And that's why yeah, I think yeah. it's great. He's, um, he kind of gets them into situations almost. And Jack's, but even speaking, this is going into it, but Jack has a lot of character in himself. They've really yeah, given him quite so. a lot of expression. So, like when Jack, when Daxter does something or gets them caught up in something, you can see his reaction. There's times where he's rolling his eyes and he's yeah. like, thanks, thanks for this shit. Yeah. 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 Um, yeah. Or he's like looking really confused and, Dax is just like, come on, we're going. And he's like, what, what, what? Yeah. <laughs> it, it is good. They work well together. Um, but I feel like Jack was made silent because that's just kind of what you did with your characters. Yeah, maybe. Like, it's not really for a story reason. Like, no one goes, oh, Jack never speaks because of this event that happens or something. It's just, it's just matter of fact. He just doesn't speak. And like you said, I think it's because characters like Mario and Link and all of these other popular game characters just don't speak so they kind of made him the same but then those characters also come from games where most of everyone doesn't speak like they they have text but they don't speak via like actual you know you can hear it so it's kind of interesting that they decided to stick with that even though everyone else in this game talks and you can hear their dialogue yeah but i feel but it does that thing where at least we've got a narrator because I find of a lot of games, they'll talk with text or with actual speech and then they'll reply to you like you, your character said something and you're like, yeah. what? But my character hasn't spoken. He doesn't talk. But yeah. then obviously we've got a character that can interact with them and and that's what you, why you don't really need Jack to talk because I think if Daxter didn't talk, it would suffer immensely if neither of them talked. But the fact that they've got quite a strong um they've got quite a strong character uh in Daxter. They didn't really need two of them. I forget if they bring it up in this game or if it's first brought up in the second game where they do straight up confirm that Jack is just mute. Like I someone says it's... that he's a mute. 
I think it's the second one because I think yeah, it's when, I think it's two. I think it's near the beginning, is it? When he's talking mm-hmm. to that, um, oh god, what is his name? Torn. Yeah, he's talking to Torn yeah. about it. I'm pretty sure yeah, then yeah. he brings it up. Yeah. Um, so like, no one brings it up in this game, but I think it is kind of just implied that he is mute, and people who know him, like Baxter and the other characters, know that he's mute. It's not like he's not talking because he's a main character. Like he just straight up doesn't talk. Oh no, yeah, they gave it a reason. It's just like in in the world, they just yeah, he's a mute. He just and they didn't need to really explain it, but it's just yeah. you know that the actual reason, the outside of the game reason, is just because the protagonist didn't talk. Yeah, um, I guess I just... so. But no, yeah, I think in terms of the plot, it's yeah, it's not really. It's not a big thing. It, it, I mean, it's serviceable for a platformer. I mean, it's not going to win any awards. Um, but I enjoyed it. It keeps you progressing. Like, it's, it keeps you giving you a reason to, to go forward. Um, and, and then, you, know, you obviously, you fight the three bosses. And then there's, like, a final boss. And if I'm honest, they're all kind of meh. Yeah. There's only really, like, one boss that you're, like, aiming towards. If they had, like... Because they introduced that boss kind of like right at the beginning. And I think if they maybe like had that boss with a bunch of minions, you'd maybe be like for your bosses later on down the line, you'd maybe be a bit more encouraged to be like, oh man, I've got to beat those bosses. But as it happens, you kind of just come across them like wherever and you're like, oh, okay, I guess I'm just killing this boss now. And and they're not really, they don't really matter, do they? They're just, it's no. just like there's a, there's a lava monster. Good luck beating him. Um, yeah. And yeah, it, they're just, they're not great, but I mean the end boss is fine. But again, yeah. I don't, I don't think it's anything amazing. I don't, I wouldn't put it on my top ten boss list of final bosses. Um, but that's yeah. when it becomes quite gimmicky because it wants to, and that's where it wants you to use quite a lot of the the different ecos and like swap between them, mm-hmm. um, which they haven't done through most of the game. Which is the other thing where if they were then letting you do that and kind of changing changing like changing between them on the fly like almost you had to shoot something with a fireball and then swap to the speed one to make a platform like work um it would yeah no they didn't really do that much apart from in the final area um and yeah yeah, it's okay i um what do you think about the uh the post-credit scene because like well i say post-credits it's more of a completionist kind of scene once you've collected everything you get a special like scene at the end and all it kind of is is the characters opening a door and going wow look what's inside and then you don't see what's inside oh yeah i'd even i'd forgotten about that yeah it's just to set up exactly it's just to set up the second game i think because what they find leads into the second game but yeah it's just it's a weird one isn't it yeah and, and it's not really much of a like you'd expect something more for a completion bonus, wouldn't you? But there, there actually, I don't think there is anything for completing everything in the game. No, it, it's just that. It's just that cutscene. Which is odd because a lot of games that did the whole completion thing rewarded you at some point for for that sort yeah, of stuff. But then I think that goes back to the fact that your character doesn't have any progression throughout the game, so it'd be weird to suddenly have this like new kind of perk or skill where throughout the whole game, you didn't really have any. That's true, yeah, actually. I, I, you are right on that. Um, yeah. Um, what about the... Uh, let's talk a bit about the graphics and the aesthetics. And I think we want to kind of balance out graphics and aesthetics because neither of us are big on graphics. Like, if a game looks nice, great, it looks nice. But if a game looks bad, but it still plays well, then I don't really... Neither of us really care about it looking bad. Yeah, there's a difference when you know that the graphics are bad. When obviously, if someone has tried and this is meant to be, or they're touting it as this is awesome graphics, and you look at it, you go, "These are kind of shit." Um, It's a little bit like I mean, when just on a sideline, Final Fantasy VII remake or Final Fantasy XV, when they say, "Look at it," they are you know that you're into something that's going to look beautiful. But then a lot of games that I love playing are pixel art, and they're not the most nice on the eyes pixel art's not the the best um graphically so yeah and no, i'm not as long as i think it suits the world and sort of the story they're going for i'm, I'm happy with what whatever kind of graphics that they they provide because i know certain some companies can't give you like the best graphics yeah 
I think this game does that. I think for because uh, this was almost like a launch title for PS2, wasn't it? In fact, it might uh, have been. came out in two thousand and two, I believe. I no, like two thousand and one, December two thousand and one, over here, and the third of December like... in America. That's got to be like a launch title within right for PS2. Like, if not, um, very, very close. Yeah, I'm not actually sure when the PlayStation 2 came out. But graphically, it, it's really solid. But I mean, like, you know, at that time, you look at Naughty Dog's other games like Crash 1, 2 and 3 and CTR, and they all are pretty, like, solid graphically. Like, yeah, they're clearly well, using the most of the current engines that they have, I feel. Well, well that comes back to, like, Uncharted and, and Last of Us. Both of those have some of the best graphics of their generation, don't they? I mean, The Last yeah. of Us 1, when it first came out, I mean, people were amazed. And even The Last of Us 2 was right at the end of the PlayStation 4's life. Mm-hmm. And no matter what you say about the game, graphically, it, it looks fantastic. Yeah, definitely. Um, but, yeah, no, I think... I think the graphics still hold up, but I think that's because of the art style. It's a really colorful, sort of vibrant, almost kind of meant to look janky, almost like there's no straight. It's not like straight lines and stuff. Things are just kind of everywhere. Like even the trees and stuff are not just like meant to look nice. They are, they're almost kind of blocky intentionally. Yeah. It's one of those weird games where, this can sometimes work for a game or really work against a game where this is designed to look like a game. And I know that sounds weird because surely most games should be doing that. But like you look at this and you're like, oh yeah, that's a PS2 game for sure. And I think that they were aware that it was going to have to look like that. So they were like, yeah, we'll just throw everything into making it look like that. And it works for this game's favor. Sometimes, like I said, it kind of goes against it. But like for this game, I think it works pretty well. Well, this game's not trying to be realistic, is it? And that's, no. I feel, where graphics fail the most. That when you're trying to make something really realistic, in a few few years or a year or so, it starts to look very dated. But have a different kind of art style, like a cartoony or, or like how cel-shaded stuff are. Mm. Um, and that kind of art style, and I feel it holds up a lot more than... Um, than sort of the realistic graphics. And I think it does still still hold up pretty well today. Yeah. I think what's interesting about this game's like aesthetic is that you look at something like Crash Bandicoot and it's very cartoony. Like you can yeah. imagine it being like, you know, Saturday morning children's cartoon style cartoony. Um, and this game is cartoony, but it's not like adult. But it's almost a little bit more mature. And I guess maybe because there's more like human-esque characters. Um, but some of these designs are so out there and weird, but they work pretty well for the world. Well, it's, it's with their gra- like the games, this is what I feel is always the way. Naughty Dog has grown up with its audience. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. And the audience yeah. has grown up with Naughty Dog. Like Crash Bandicoot was when you were a kid early teens um sort of 10 11 mm-hmm. jack and daxon then two and three are more kind of them being like right these are kind of a teenagers now like you start off kind between, of a young between kind of teen age i'd say yeah yeah and then obviously you get to uncharted and, and last of us and now that they know that the gamers that they've grown up with are now adults and and so they're giving them more mature content almost um and that's how what i always get from their their like franchises like they've kind of sort of grown up as as i have yeah but what i like about jack and daxter more so than something like um uncharted or the last of us is it feels kind of similar to crash like it doesn't quite feel as though it's the same world but it feels eerily similar and i like that they've kind of taken aspects of crash that worked as in like design aspects of a the world they've taken aspects that work and they've kind of like adapted them or rearranged or tweaked them so that it fits in this new kind of world it's familiar but different and it's really interesting because of that it's almost like it was meant to be i mean it, I, it definitely don't think it was meant to be but it does give you vibes like almost like this was going to be the next crash game yeah for I, whatever, really, I really think that for whatever reason they didn't have the license for crash or something and yeah. it was given to somebody else it, i mean i don't think that's the reason i think they were done after doing the free crash bandicoots and then the cart racer um and then i think they were done with crash and then they moved on to 
to um, Jack and Daxter, and, and it's and again, it's the joke is that they've done the same thing with Jack and Daxter, didn't they? They did three games of kart racer, three games and then, of kart racer, and then they went to Uncharted, and everyone was joking about Uncharted Four being a kart racer, but oh, they totally should have done. It didn't, and it was sad. <laughs> Yeah, um, it still had chance. We get Last of Us free and then a car I was, racer. I was just about to say, yeah, that's still. I'm, I'm placing my bets on that. Could you imagine a Last of Us car racer? But it's still played super serious. Like yeah. it has a really gripping, like dark story. But everyone is driving around in go karts. It's like the Squid Game esque thing where when you kill someone in the car race, that's it. They don't appear again. They're gone. <laughs> you just murdered that person. Yeah, um, but apart from like Daxter's awful design before he turns into a weasel um there's some really wacky out there designs but they all fit and it always like i don't know it's weird to explain because it's one of those art styles and worlds where i can't really think of much else like it and i think that's what makes this game and the whole series like stand out to this day a hundred percent and it's more i think more so in in this one Mm. um like you see they've obviously what's happened is they've either made the characters and gone, we really need a really kooky thing for this character to do. Or they've decided all the side bits that they were going to do. Like, Oh, we need, let's do a mission here to teach them wrangle these Buffalo in. And then they're like, but we need someone to give them this mission. And then they've drawn a character that you, you look like you like, yeah, he definitely would do that. Like he would definitely be a Buffalo farmer and would be that lazy and ask you to do it. Yeah, like, I think and, they wanted to go even more kooky than like Crash Bandicoot was because there's some really like crazy designs there, but in a way it was still technically kind of grounded in reality. Like all the characters were based off animals. Cortex was still like a man, but here it's like no, we can go really far out with some of these designs. Yeah, and they they do work so well. And, and no character, I I don't think you look at a character and you go, well, that's just that character just reused. Like yeah. every character is unique in in the world, and I, I do yeah. I think it it suits it well, and it helps like give the world that bit of life. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree. But also, the enemies very quickly on that. The enemies as well. I, I mean, I don't think there's me- too many different variations, um, if I remember correctly, with the enemies. But because sort of the main ones are those. What are they called? lurkers lurkers yeah and um yeah there's a few variations of them but not not many um but again i don't think that that's what they were going for they weren't showing you oh here's new enemies loads of new enemies they were kind of it was more of the world and the platform and the actual gameplay that they were trying to show off i think in this one yeah in terms of the enemies they're kind of just like punching bags for you to slap around occasionally they're not like oh man look at this tough enemy i've got to beat it's just like oh there's a gun i'm just gonna punch him and just move on so they don't need to have like super extravagant and interesting designs yeah and again like i said the games because the game's not super long you, you you don't actually really get tired of the enemies you're not like oh great these enemies again you just kind of you, you play i think if the game was any longer if it was another one or two like hub sort of areas i think it would start to wear um but because it, it's quite a short game, it, it doesn't give you enough time to sort of get bored of it, anything. Yeah, yeah, that's true. How did this game do when it first came out? Like, it was pretty pretty well received, I would want to say, because well, Naughty Dog had obviously built a name for themselves from Crash. And... Well, it's currently sitting, this is probably now, but I guess it would do, it's currently sitting at a 90% on Metacritic out of 100. Wow. Um, and then when they came out, there was four stars, 34 out of 40, 9.25. Um, yeah. There was one 8.8, but majority of them were nine. Nines out of tens or fours out of fives. Um, but then it shows in its sale numbers because you've got to think back back in that, in when it first came out. Um, it sold, I'm just looking for it. It sold over a million copies, um, became one of the greatest hits for them. Uh, and by July 2006, so five years, it sold 1.7 million copies and then earned the company $49 million. Wow. And it's crazy because, um, you know, if Naughty Dog weren't behind this and this game didn't have them attached at all, I honestly could could see this game being one of those games that comes out, 
it's pretty decent, but you know, it's a launch title. People aren't really going to be too invested in it. But like, I don't know if the fact that Naughty Dog are are the ones behind it give reason why it's so like. I mean, it it's just a really good game overall. I'm not trying to say it isn't, but what I'm, it's it really seems like the sort of game where it could have gone south quite easily as a launch title. Well, I actually don't know too many people that own the game. Like, I know knew a few fair few people that played it, mm-hmm. but I actually did people at school and stuff that really talked about the Jack franchise. It wasn't huge. Like, I don't think it ever got to like Crash Bandicoot level huge. Well, it was. Well, this is what I'm just reading here. It was between 2001 and 2006. It mm-hmm. was just kind of find it. Where did it go? I lost it. It was the 19th highest selling game for the PS2. Mm. Uh, or and good. Xbox and GameCube combined. Considering it was a PS2 exclusive, yeah. um, between 2000 and 2006, it was the 19th highest selling game. And PS2 has had a lot of like good classic games on there. People, you know, stuff that people would uh, would wager is probably higher than the uh, than what they are but like yeah it's a weird one because like you said i didn't know too many people who had played it it didn't it wasn't a huge thing when it came out but you know i remember it fondly and i think there's a lot of people that do remember it fondly because you talk to a lot of people about ps2 and i'd imagine there's quite a few people that go oh yeah jack and daxter i remember that just uh oh yeah and, and uh, so i was looking also looking at the other two games and just for reference mm-hmm. i won't do jack free but jack two mm. only sold so it sold 1.7 million right um jack two sold four only four hundred thousand copies in its first uh first year or so unlike jack and Daxter that got like 1.7 in the first couple of years but in the end they've sold roughly around the same much I think Jack's gone up to now being like 1.6 million and um and currently if you incorporate everything it's sold 1.97 million or yeah sold 1.97 million copies so it's done very well for itself do you think like originally that kind of imbalance of like Jack 1 compared to Jack 2 is maybe because of the age rating we haven't touched on that Jack and Daxter, the first game, is a 3+. Plus, and then when you get to Jack 2, it bumps up to like a 12+. Plus. Yeah, I mean, that's always going to do it. And also, it definitely has a massive switch from the from the first one. The first one is just a run-of-a-mill platformer. And then the, to touch on it and not obviously go into detail to talk about it for Jack 2 and 3 is more of kind of like a GTA-esque style game. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. which I think works well, but obviously we'll get onto that um, yeah. in the other episode. But but yeah, no, I think it was um, also, yeah, because of the art style and sort of, I, I guess because it was Naughty Dog, it would have sold that well anyway, because Crash Bandicoot was one of the biggest selling games on PlayStation, wasn't it? Exactly, and that's why I kind of made that sort of comment of... Uh... I don't, I don't want to say it was carried by Naughty Dog, but I can really imagine that that's why it became such a big deal, especially as like such an early game in the PS2 life cycle. Yeah, 100%. And, I, and I'm glad it was, because obviously then we got two really good sequels out of it. And yeah, um, and yeah some other stuff that I don't really play that much. <laughs> are we, uh, just for record, are we talking about Jack X or... I mean, we can do. Um... Oh, we're going to. Okay, yes. yes oh, I love, ja- I, I love Jack X. So when you said, are we going to talk about it, you were actually saying, we are going to talk about it. <laughs> well, I mean, you're, quote unquote, the host, so. Um, well, no, I just say it because I introduce it. <laughs> you yeah. are my co-host, don't forget. Yeah. Well, that makes you the um, host, then. Yeah, but I I just kind of <laughs> waffle, don't I? <laughs> Yeah, I mean, this whole thing has been a bit of a waffle, but like with an old game like this, we're kind of just like remembering certain things and bringing up certain points. And I quite like that because uh, I don't think this is the sort of game you would like go into and be like, right, I'm going to deep dive into this game. I'm going to 
highly analyze every aspect of this game. It's just like a really solid game and you can just play it and have a good time. You don't need to like think too much about it. Yeah, and I and I think that that's all it needed to be. Like obviously nowadays people games are just about needing to keep your attention aren't they everything needs to be a live service everything needs to last hundreds of hours yeah because um, they want to keep your attention but this game just did what it needed to do came in gave you a few hours of, of fun and then it's one of those games where you could quite easily pick it up and and replay um without too much of a uh, an issue and would still have fun with it even now i think yeah i would say if you haven't played it before it's definitely and you're interested in that type of game, like a fun platformer sort of game, it's definitely worth playing. If you haven't played it for a while, it's it's probably worth having another playthrough because it's there's a lot more to it, I think, than uh, people give it credit for. I think when people think about the Jack and Daxter franchise, they think of like Jack 2 and 3 and the later games. I, I really like this one. I think there's a lot to this one that people sometimes like undermine because of the sequels. And the sequels are great. But there's so much uniqueness to this one that the rest of the series doesn't actually have. It's definitely worth like playing through. Yeah, a hundred percent. And also, if you're looking to pick it up, if you're a PlayStation owner, um, it's currently included in the PlayStation Plus Premium Edition, which is, I think, the biggest tier because it's it's part in part of the PS2 collection and not sort of the the remaster, quote unquote or re-release yeah. um so if yeah. you want to play plot the original version you can get it in the subscription um however if you want it to own it currently um up until the 20th of july 2022 so i'm just going to say it now um you can get all four you can get jack one two three and jack x for just under 18 pounds um and it's normally 30, 35 quid for four games, which I still think is worth it, um, even if you don't pick it up. Or if you just want this game on your own, it's about 12 quid. So yeah. I think it's well worth the... the. I mean, I would pay 35 pounds for all of them, and I did. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's definitely worth picking up. Like, this game alone is definitely worth picking up, but for that kind of bundle, it's uh, super worth it. One Very thing... quickly before we... Yeah. like, Sorry. No, I was going to say, quickly, before we... Uh like kind of wrap up or you'll have your bit to say too um but like you were saying about like remasters would you want a remaster of this no no i wouldn't either okay good <laughs> no i think it's good as it is i i think maybe we we could do a small video talk i don't know if we did about remasters in the first thing but um oh, i can't remember but remasters for me like personally i'm playing through uh, demon souls at the minute and having no fun whatsoever um but i think that's because you're trying to platinum it though but i also think it's been ruined by elden ring oh i see because this is the first souls game and it just and yet yeah, anyway i'm not getting into that i just but i mean i feel like this one demon souls kind of needed it just so now we every souls game's kind of on the same console like you can you can play it all mm-hmm. um and by now, Demon Souls was quite dated in its its art style and its look because again, it went for a more realistic style, and so it's, mm. it's aged poorly. But I, I just don't think Jack has aged poorly. Like the games still look fine and they still play fine. And yeah, I, I, you can already get them on PS4. Like I don't know why you'd want a remake of it. Like, yeah, I I agree. My biggest thing for me with like remasters and remakes is the gameplay, and this does not need to be be remade. This is very fluid and and like easy to pick up controls it feels good to play like you feel very much in control of your character all the time there's really no reason to remaster it rather than just giving it a like a completely new like coat of paint well i feel like if you can still play a game on like if it's still readily available to be played and like i said this is on the ps4 version like it's on the ps4 so and ps5 so you can just play it then I don't feel like it needs a remaster. The only times I feel like a remake or a remaster is needed is if that generation of console is now not easy to get hold of and you can't find, and like it's not readily available for people. Then I think mm-hmm. a remaster or even just a port to another console would be great. Like I don't think it needs a remaster. A port would, would suffice, which is what we've got, and I think it's absolutely fine. Yeah, I agree. What were you going to say? Sorry for... Oh, in. I... Oh, that's what I was going to say very quickly. I remember playing um, the PS3 version of this. Oh, right. Um, and just to, as a thing to 
kind of make people laugh is I, my PlayStation Three. I hadn't had it a massively long time, and it didn't get much use. But I think the internal or the HDD in it was breaking. Right. Because playing this game and also Jack Two, the game would just skip cutscenes randomly. <laughs> like I didn't oh, wow. click, and I don't think you can skip the cutscenes in this game. And they would just skip randomly. Oh, if you can't, um, can you? No. But it, they, they'd skip randomly. Uh, it would, like, dialogue would just cut halfway through. And then I remember I was at the final area, so the last area before the boss, and the game crashed on me and wiped my whole save. Oh, shit. <laughs> so then I had to redo the whole thing. Again, it, was, it wasn't a super long game, so I would have been more annoyed if it was a game that took like 40 50 hours i wouldn't have completed it but it was just it just made me laugh because i thought at first it was the, the port of the game i was like this is a shit port like what the hell is this i actually get it to work and then now i realized actually then when i played jack 2 and the game skipped a cutscene for me mm-hmm. in in another place and then the game kind of made it so i could not progress the game so wow that's <laughs> i remember playing the the uh the ps vita version of all of them and the slowdown, my God, like they were practically unplayable. Oh, but then that's a shame. I, I think a lot of games were unfortunately like that with the PS Vita. Well, the PS Vita just didn't do very well, did it? No, it didn't. They were trying to do another PSP, which I thought was um, great, but yeah, well. it never really came to fruition. Um, so, what, do you want to do your last thoughts on this before, um, before we wrap up? Yeah, well, like I've been saying, like this is just a really solid game. Um, I think you can definitely tell Naughty Dog had their hand in it because the the kind of fine-tuned stuff of like Crash Bandicoot is here. It's just a lot more open and free. Um, the world's really interesting and the characters are pretty great. It, and it only honestly gets better in terms of that aspect. But gameplay-wise, I think this is definitely one to not be ignored because people love Jack 2 and 3 and I think have more fonder memories of that or those games. But this one, like, I honestly think this one has a lot going for it. So it's definitely one, like I said, to to go back and play if you haven't played it in a while or ever. Yeah, my kind of thing is echoing that sentiment. It, it It's also, you can tell it's a naughty dog game because it's very well polished and especially for, for time as well. It, I didn't think I found that many bugs in it, if if any, when I, I played the actual original copy. So it's just, just fun. I I would just say it's, if you're not big into video games, even if you're not like super into it, you're like a casual game or whatever. Um, I would say it's still fun to play. And if you've got kids, um, it's, it's show them something from show them an older, an older platformer. And I think they'll mm. enjoy it just as much as these new, new games that are, are out now. God, I sound like an old man. Yeah, Back man. when I was a lad. Well, we've been through this sort of grandpa, so yeah. Well, yeah, we kind of grew up. Yeah, we've we're sort of the Sony kids, aren't we? Yeah, you've got the older Nintendo kids. Obviously, we like Nintendo, but then we were there. I say we were there. Sounds like I mean, we like when I was younger. The PS One was sort of for my age, was for our age, and then obviously we got the PS Two, then the PS Three, and kind of. Yeah, but I would never be like, oh, Jack and Daxter forever. Screw Mario, because. It, it's quite clear this game takes a lot of inspiration from that. So, oh no, definitely. Um, yeah, definitely. But it's also I feel like a Naughty Dog. Like I said before, Naughty Dog is very much as I was growing up. The mm. games were they always for me. Like I didn't think like oh this is a kids game. Like I still yeah I still enjoyed it just as as much. Um, I know we don't normally we're not it's not a, a trend thing, but I think personally for me I'd probably give this a, an an eight out of ten. I reckon if I was gonna give it anything yeah i'd I'd put up there like i'd you know i'd maybe even go so close to like a nine because apart from like the bosses which are kind of just meh i can't really think of much that i don't like about this game it's a lot of just really good stuff stuff that i'd like in a game so yeah no that's fair enough yeah um but that was our waffle of A waffle on Jack and Daxter, the yeah. precursor legacy. Uh, is there anything yeah. you want like to say to people? It was like a a big chocolate waffle, like chocolate that you have at Easter, where you have eggs and you to them. go on an Easter egg hunt. They got to tie it back in. 
you tied it back in. Yep. You uh, yeah. you keep I'm hugging mad. hugging those eggs, mate. No, I want some chocolate. <laughs> um, very quickly before we go, just the usual plug sort of things. On there goes a big one on Instagram. Um, feel free to post a comment on the post we put saying that this uh, episode is out if you've got any questions or you want to you think that we're talking out our assholes um it'd be good to hear from you or or any recommendations on games or film franchises that you want us to talk about yeah like we're still going to try and uh, plow through the jack and daxter series for now but any sort of like recommendations for later on like other later episodes would be good well yeah we've got ideas for for other franchises we want to do but sort of if people decide actually they'd rather they want to hear this more than what we necessarily would have picked first i mean that's always mm-hmm. a we're always happy to to delve into stuff like that but yeah thank you as always for listening um and yeah we'll, we'll see you in the next one right i'm gonna go hug some eggs bye bye <laughs>